Given that uh, most of the positions in the industry at senior level are held by men, then it's obvious that men need to be part of the discussion. Women know what the issues are, but, but men didn't. How do we change the way we're doing business that can actually help women at all levels, but particularly the senior levels? We do want to be seeing more women in frontline roles, without a doubt. And that's when you'll really see gender equality come through. In five years' time, I would like to look back at this podcast and actually think, look how archaic our industry was. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rewire podcast, a podcast that seeks to rewire the real estate industry one story at a time. In this podcast, we talk about all things diversity and inclusion, from gender, ethnicity, background and sexuality, to the diversity of roles that there are in the industry, the diverse skill sets required, and the need for diverse and inclusive thinking. I'm your host, Sam McClary, and joining me in the studio today are the two head honchos, or maybe I say honchitas, I don't know what's the right terminology, terminology from uh, Real Estate Balance, a newly installed Managing Director, Kayla Fenn-Smith, and the Bodies Chair, Vivian King. Hello, Hi. welcome. Hi. Hello, Sam. How are we both? We're well. We're well. Yeah, We're delighted good. to be here uh, at this particular time, given your news on Friday. I know, it's exciting, isn't it? Women in charge. Stuff. That's, it. That's how it should be. That's it. <laughs> um, so welcome to the um, podcast studio and thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, I guess we should start off really with just in case, Vivian, there's anyone out there who hasn't heard of Real Estate Balance, um, we'll forgive them for that. But if there is, could you just tell us a little bit about um, what Real Estate Balance is, how it came into being and I guess what the what the goals of it are? Sure. So... We started in earnest about two, two and a half years ago. Um, And it all originated from a conversation a group of us, seven women, were having together about why there were so few senior women in the industry and what we'd done to get to our positions of seniority. And um, we were mindful of the fact that there were other groups out there who were focusing on trying to promote women in the industry. So why, why wasn't it working? Why wasn't it moving faster? What were they not doing that needed to be done? So we identified a few issues that weren't properly being addressed. And one of those was that they weren't discussing this topic with men sufficiently. Given that uh, that most of the positions in the industry at senior level are held by men, then it's obvious that men need to be part of the discussion. Women know what the issues are, but, but men didn't. So we needed to be having those conversations with men at senior levels, at the same time as looking at how we would support women who were coming through in their careers to enable them to make the transition into senior positions. We also wanted to cover the entirety of the industry, and we talk about real estate being a single industry, but it's not. It's made up of many different sectors, um, and a number of the organisations that were out there that were focusing on gender diversity were very much looking at one or another of those sectors. So we wanted to bring them all together because this is an industry-wide issue. And then finally, um, there's been a lot of talk around this subject for quite some time, and we just didn't feel enough was getting done. 
So we decided that there needed to be a more practical approach taken. And something I'm sure we'll come on to uh, is the toolkit that, that we prepared. And actually, that toolkit was one of the first topics that we had on our agenda way back, that this was something that we wanted as a facility for people to be able to dip into, find the answer to their problem and take it away and make it happen. So that's how we came about. Um, the Real Estate Balance is it's very much uh, a business-focused organisation. Um, we're not a networking organisation. In, in fact, it's fair to say that that we are campaigning um, for greater numbers of women at senior level. So our, our aim um, has been to see uh, 33% of senior leadership positions filled by women by 2020. Now, 2020 is just around the corner, so we better get a move on. And, well, you filled one of those senior positions yourselves with a, a, a woman, with Kayla, um, who's your um, newly installed managing director. Kayla, this is quite a different job to, to Landsec, isn't it? What, what attracted you um, to Real Estate Balance? Well, it's a, it's a massively different job, but um, an area that I've always been really passionate about. And when I left Landsec, there was... Um, there was, I knew I wanted to do something in the diversity space and I felt I really wanted to do it across the sector and actually didn't quite know how and thought, gosh, do I even have the energy for that? And then a few of the committee members made this role um, known to me uh, that was coming up uh, and available. And it was almost fate because it was exactly what I saw as an opportunity to talk across the sector and really um, it make it and, and talk about it as a business priority. So um, as Vivian said, there are lots of different networking groups, but this was really about how do we change the way we're doing business that can actually help women at all levels, but particularly the senior levels. And having been a senior woman in a FTSE 100, um, you know, the, the PLC nature and, and everything involved there, you know, there are challenges. And um, I just wanted to make the corporate workspace or workplace better. Hmm. It, well, it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? But I think one that um, uh, everyone seems to be grabbing onto now and that is um, progress in it in itself but I, I love this idea well not idea that's the wrong word love this focus on um, actually doing something I think we've all heard heard the talk we've all we've all talked the talk haven't we and said yeah you know come on let's do it but there does seem to be a real um, moment in time um, right now that is people are willing to put their money where their mouth is walk the talk and actually do something about it and I think um, the toolkit is is one of those um, tools, and that's why it's called a toolkit um, <laughs> that enables people to to do that. And um, maybe you can tell us a little bit, Vivian, about how the toolkit came about and how companies can use it, and how I guess how individuals can use it too, because it's not just um, from for companies as it's for us as as women and the men out there to say we need to be using this individually. Sure. In fact, it's available to uh, to everybody. We we thought long and hard about whether or not it was a uh, facility that we wanted to make available only to our members. Um, and actually, we decided that if we are really earnest about trying to bring about change in the industry, we should use every tool available to us to enable that to happen. So we decided to make it public uh, so anyone can go into it. And it came about, um, as, I, as I mentioned, it, 
it was really one of the first things that we thought about. What we, what we really need is some answers out there because there's a lot of companies that are doing some very good things. Um, and what we're not doing is we're not pooling those. And we're certainly not looking outside the industry sufficiently to see what um, other industries are doing or in, indeed other nations are doing um, to help support gender equality in the workplace. So our aim was really to pull all these things together um, and then to do that in a way that was very accessible. So that's why we created the online tool. Um, and it's it's really quite instinctive to use. You identify uh, an, an, an issue that, that you want to address or even you just go and browse it and see what you could be doing. Um, and the topics are uh, segregated by reference to the uh, areas that need to be addressed, which we identified from our previous survey. We've just, uh, we've just completed one now, but we did a previous one a couple of years ago. Um, and so we looked at the topics there that, that needed to be covered and essentially populated. And we did that through our members who were very generous in making examples available to us of what they were doing that was working well. Um, and we've done it um, through various different media. So you've got, you've got film, we've got narrative, we've got uh, visuals. So it's actually an engaging exercise uh, to undergo if you actually just want to go into it and, and have a browse. But it's certainly available for corporates and for individuals. Can you tell us some of the tools that are that you can utilise in there? What for you, Kayla? You you mm. know, coming new to it and having a look around. Is there any that you've that you've come across and you've thought that is something that people really can can use and implement very easily? Do, do you know what I think? There are multiple um, papers, um, research pieces, videos. It, 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 you could almost not name individual or specific ones because I think there's such a broad selection and everyone will have different needs, but. One of the things to mention when I was doing my research on real estate balance, um, really looking at what did they stand for? What were the principles that I was going to go to market with? I knew what my own were. I knew what my own research was um, telling me and what I believed. And, um, and, and they were completely aligned to what real estate balance um, stood for and then ultimately what they were launching in the toolkit. And that was really looking at how we get this um, marked as a strategic issue at leadership level. And this isn't just a, an all company speech or an all company email by the CEO. This is, you know, starting to embed this as a business um, priority similar to other business priorities. So it's really engaging at the leadership level. It's then also looking at the, you know, the excitement and the movement at the grassroots level. So we know women are really bringing this forward and, and making it a priority for themselves in terms of where they're looking to work uh, in their futures. And then really um, the middle management piece, which we know is the gap between what the leadership want for their business and what the leadership is saying they're doing within their businesses uh, versus the lived experience within their businesses. And we know there's a gap and our recent research shows there is a gap still two years on from the research piece that Vivian mentioned um, that was done two years ago. So middle management, culture, behaviors, those are all really important areas um, that are, again, highlighted within the toolkit. And whether it's unconscious bias or respect and inclusion or, um, again, video content that helps with behaviors, uh, there's something in there under those three buckets of so leadership, middle management, culture, and then um, developing talent. Uh, and I would encourage everyone to, to have a look at 
at where some of their own deficiencies might be, where their interests might be, or what they're hearing generally in the space that they need to know more about? I think it's really interesting, isn't it? That sort of that middle tier, because it, it is always a sticking point in in everything. We look at if you look beyond people into in the real estate industry, you know, luxury hotels and budget hotels perform well. Middle market doesn't work, so, and it you know it's the same in in culturally culturally in businesses as well. And I I just wonder how we engage with those people because we know. We know that diversity is good for business. You know, there's all sorts of stats out there that will tell us that. So, you know, I think the upper levels do get it, even mm-hmm. if they haven't acted on it as as quickly as we would like. And, you know, the um, the next generation coming through, they don't even understand what we're talking about because it's not an it's not an issue. Yeah, but right. that middle section, it just gets stuck there somehow, yeah. and it um, bamboozles me as to as to why. Yeah. It- well, Sorry, I th- I, w- one of the things that, that we have done is we have um, started to conduct some training which is aimed at that, that middle group um, because to some extent it's, it's, not, um, it's not that there's a reluctance. Um, it's, it's simply a want of knowing what's the right thing to do. How do you go about doing this? Um, what, what you're seeing some organizations do is actually uh, create financial incentives for, for appropriate behavior. So um, certainly in conversations we've been having, um, bonus has been um, in part triggered by uh, behaviour. Now that's a sure as hell way to get people focusing on the issue. Wow, a bonus. Well, that, that is a really good idea. Gosh. Um, I guess it's one of the things we talk about in, in um, sort of D&I circles as well is the role of um, role models or ambassadors. And I, I guess I look around um, all of the sorts of different bodies, organisations there are, and there, there, are, there are plenty, I think, of um, ambassadors senior and senior role models and I think that we, again, we've got plenty of um, graduates coming through who are willing to stand up. But again, those um, women or men in those um, middle tier levels, do you think we've got enough of those standing up and being ambassadors for for diversity? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, gosh, never thought about it from that angle before. I think I would like to think that every level of um, woman and man is is looking at this in, in terms of how they can contribute. Um, but I, I think you're right. That's probably a gap in terms of, um, of it being vocal. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I would love to change in this role or help help change perspective on is how men are viewing this issue. And it goes back to where real estate balance started. And as Vivian mentioned, you know, this this really isn't it's not a women's issue. Of course, it's you know, we want to make the industry better for women. And there is a business case that says you should be having, you know, a diverse leadership team and so on down for all the reasons we know. Um, but, you know, we're also seeing articles, whether it was in the Sunday Times uh, two Sundays ago or just generally what we're hearing from our membership. And that is, you know, are we getting pushback from men now? Because whilst we're on a real roll and we've got momentum with the topic, you know, is that too much? And are we seeing pushback? And one of the things I would just really love to embrace is that um, what we're talking about that is better for women 
is actually better for everybody. So the changes we need to make in business that can accommodate women coming through to the senior levels are just as important for men um, coming through. And and um, this is this is really how businesses need to think about doing business for their people in the future. And this isn't just about it's just not a woman's issue. Um, so for me, it you know that whole middle piece it it needs to to talk to both men and women, and we need to stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, with men in this initiative. I agree. I was about to say you could um, quite easily replace the word um, woman with person or hu- humankind. You know, yeah. and it's about making the place of the world a better place for for everyone, regardless of your gender, the color of your skin, your background, wherever wherever you're from. Yeah, um, you think you think about any social change that's 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 we can recall from the past. Um, it's it's required some disruption, which has made those in the privileged group feel nervous for their position. Um, and then you move through it, and you are in a better place at the outcome. And one of the things that is talked about quite a lot, and I must admit I do it as well, and I wonder if I really know what I'm talking about when <laughs> when I do talk about it, is we, um, when we try not to just think of diversity as just um, gender, we talk about diversity of thought. Mm. And I think, do any of us really know what that means? And if we're try- trying to... Um, really explain what diversity of thought is and what what it looks like how would we do that do you know this uh, p.s i love that you just put your hand up yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll the, do you know the, the greatest thing about property and the real estate sector is that it is everywhere it affects and it touches everybody from homes to public transport to school to office building shopping center we know So it actually touches the lives of the entire population. So we go back to this, you know, diversity of thought is actually how do we reflect the needs of our customer base? How do we reflect the world outside of our office buildings if we're designing and building and creating all of these spaces for the world outside? So how on earth can we understand our customer and build the right product, design it, make it future-proof, deal with disruption, deal with people of the future, generations to come, if we're coming from a single point of view? And, you know, quite honestly, quite a narrow social point of view, traditionally in property. It's not realistic. It's not sustainable for businesses to continue down that path if they want to survive in the future in this sector. I mean, this is becoming business critical. This isn't just a wish list or how to get the right talent anymore. This is a business critical issue. Kayla, you put that so well. Um, One of the ways I look at describing what different perspectives actually mean is think about an example of where there weren't different perspectives and what happened. And Kodak is just such a good example of that. There were simple simple binary views around that table and look what happened to Kodak. Mm. So the question is, how do we stop real estate from being binary? <laughs> okay, well, that's what real, real estate balance is very much about that. Um, so 
You know, we we've, we set ourselves up um, to campaign for greater gender equality at senior levels in the industry. Um, we've got support from 70 different corporates. That's 900-odd people who are involved in real estate balance through the companies that, that they're employed in. And what they need to be doing is is uh, they need to be ensuring that those companies are actually look, st- stepping up to the plate and uh, working with real estate balance to change the industry. And if anyone's in an organization that isn't a member of real estate balance, then they need to be asking the question why. And that's not just women, that's men as well, because we are just one aspect of diversity, as you've explained. And if you start to get one aspect right, then the chances are that you're making inroads across the board. Well, I guess you learn how to do it, don't you? If you've if you've done it in in one sector, you can mm. repeat and um, repeat and Im- improve. Mm. Um, at, at the beginning of our conversation, you talked about having a goal of having thirty three percent women in senior positions by twenty twenty, and pointed out that that is not very far away. Um, how far have we come? How far have we got to go? Well, interestingly, our research shows that we've actually dropped the number of senior women uh, from our survey in 2017 to 2019. Um, And it's only by a couple of percent. So one thing we have to be careful of is that our survey is a sample of our membership. So it does not represent the entire sector. And... um, so I can't speak for the entire sector, and that's quite a complex measure, actually. But uh, within our survey, we're probably now sitting at about a 30% measure of sen- of women in senior positions, whereas it sat almost at the target two mm. years ago. Um, but again, that that's a small sample size, so I can't say that represents the industry. Um, I guess it's well, it's a good start. It is, um, but uh, we can all do more. And perhaps you know, if there are people who aren't members of Real Estate Balance, one join up, <laughs> or two, if they if they want to share their um, senior women numbers, then please let us know here at EG because mm. uh, you know together we can um, get a great picture of the industry. And and I, and I guess we've seen as well, haven't we? That um, there's been I've certainly noticed and anyway on the. Um, through stories that we've been covering, there's a, we're seeing a lot more um, women being appointed to non-exec roles, mm. um, which I would hope helps with those numbers. But again, you know, are they the are they the right roles? I think when we mm. talk about senior positions, we've got to be careful about the positions. You know, it shouldn't just be women in HR mm. or marketing roles, should it? It's no, no. And actually, the board positions um, in our survey are much lower than senior mm. women. There are more senior women than than board executive level. I think the real um, target area uh, in the wider business community for gender equality is definitely around the executive level rather than the non-executive. That is a gap. That is certainly a gap. Um, And, um, you know, it, it all filters up. But we do want to be seeing more women in frontline roles, without a doubt. Um, that's when you'll really see gender equality come through. Um, we think that part of the uh, issue with that is um, women not pushing themselves forward into those roles, and um, one of the one of the consistent themes that's come through um, in all the messaging that we've picked up in the time we've been running is that women lack the confidence to have faith in their abilities. 
Um, and because of that, it means that, that they are putting themselves forward, whereas a man is more likely to. So we have been working with women to, to focus on that issue, and a number of other organisations are doing that the same thing. And I think businesses are recognising that, that confidence is something that they, that they need to fix um, with women if they're to see more women coming through. It's such a strange thing that, though, isn't it? The, um, and it's and I hate to stereotype, but it, you we can stereotype, I think, with the confidence thing with women because it, it it upsets me mildly because I always think of the women that I know, most of them are amazing. Well, all of them are amazing. Otherwise, I wouldn't, wouldn't be friends with them. Uh, no, I would. <laughs> um, but they all have um, confidence, but it's shown in different ways, I su- suppose. And there is always that um, story that we relay, isn't it? That, you know, a man will go for a job if he can do... 50% of it, whereas we as women won't go for it unless we can do 110% of it, which um, uh, just doesn't make sense sense to me. I will always fake it till I can, can make it. But, um, and I think, you know, I, I don't think I'm unusual in that. So do you, I guess that what I'm trying to say in a very um, unconvincing way is, do you think that that confidence issue is a generational issue or do you think it's, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to do it, it's an excuse mm-hmm. used by women do sometimes. You, do you know, I think the generational point is really interesting because because when I look at the younger women, whether it was at the BizNow event recently or I'll go and speak at schools, the the confidence is fantastic. Um, it, it's it's energizing, and you know these these young women want to do things in their lives, and they've got a different view on the world than we have in the generations before them. So maybe that will change in time. And Sam, I'm with you. I I know that research shows this, and we we can see it in business practice, which is which is why sponsorship I think is so critical to helping us keep pulling women through the system and helping them and not relying on them to do it themselves like let's as women let's support women through sponsorship um but i i also just i like you get i don't want us to just stereotype that we all reverse to type and that we all lack confidence and therefore we we live up to that stereotypical view um you know as as a as our gender let let's try and change that you know let's help each other believe I it's very easy to say believe in yourself isn't it um but I think we have to think about um looking at what the research is telling us so the way you describe women say they want to to be good at 110 percent versus men 50 percent so so let's think about that so let's self-assess are we actually allowing ourselves to do that? Or are we going to overcome this issue, challenge ourselves, and actually step up and take a chance on something? So let's not just revert to type. Let's challenge ourselves and push ourselves to take a chance, you know, try and fail. Yeah, you know, what have you got to happen? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's a very real estate thing, though, isn't it? This um, fear of failure. And um, we sit in this room with um, my colleague Emily and I, and we talk about tech quite a lot and in tech it's like fail fast and you know make a mistake do it again do it better in real estate mm. that failure is like well if everything's ruined mm. it's all over now and and i wonder if we as we move in you know as real estate evolves and becomes more focused on um 
the I guess the built environment and thinking about all the things that impact that tech being one of them whether we'll get better at that anyway and not that tech is any better in terms of gender equality but it's better at failing so maybe um, more women will come through and say okay well I'll give it a go it didn't work I'll try again and maybe it'll work next time. Yeah I'd like to think so I think uh, we're seeing a lot more innovation in the industry generally um, and there's a lot more focus on the supply of services within buildings as opposed to just the bricks and mortar themselves. And if you're going to if you're going to be successful in that, you've got to take some risks. Um, you've got to be looking out there and ahead to see what the appetite is going to be for the future and have to and take a bit of a punt on it, an educated punt on it. Um, so there's going to have to be more risk. Um, and you'd like to think that that would have that sort of outcome. I think it's a cultural thing as well. I think the UK is... Um, you know, is more risk averse than, say, America. So I think there's, there are multiple factors. You would say that, Kayla. Well, I'm Canadian. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> we are almost a year away from the first time we reported on the gender pay gap. Um, they weren't great for this industry, those figures, and I know you can read them in all sorts of different ways, mm. but generally they weren't very good. Mm. How do you think we're going to fare this year? And a year is a short time to make a big change, but do you think the conversation will have helped in any way to, to make those figures a little bit more palatable? Well, I'd certainly say there's a desire for them to be, uh, and, that's, and that's extremely strong. Um, whether or not that will actually translate in such, such a short period of time into a noticeable change, who's to say? Social change always takes time. And it needs uh, to be enforced as well as doing as well as encouraged. So this is no different. Um, and I don't think that we should be discouraged if we're not seeing significant change. I think the really important thing is that businesses have actually made a commitment to see that change happen, whether or not it's this year or next year or the year after. They've made that commitment and they're actually doing something about it. And we do talk about visibility, don't we? We talk about visibility in terms of um, us as women being more visible. But I think um, you've hit the nail on the head there that actually companies and people and men need to be more visible in their commitment to, to making a change for people mm -hmm. um, to make this uh, environment of ours a, a better better place. So do you think that, I know you have your CEOs have um, um, made their commitments, haven't they, their 10 commitments. Do you think that um, we need to see even more of that going forwards? And how, how, I guess, how are you, um, Kayla, this is for you, I suppose, how are you in your new role committing to help those other businesses, those people make, make their own commitments? Well, I think the, the first thing I would ask everybody in the businesses who are our current members, so those, those businesses that have signed up, um, you know, find out if you are one of them, if you don't know yet. Um, understand that your CEO has personally signed up to the 10 commitments. Now, he or she may not ha um, be able to say yes to all 10, but it, it's an acknowledgement that that is the goal. And if that is the case, that, I mean, sorry, if you are a business that, that is a member and your CEO has personally signed up to those 10 um, commitments, start to hold them accountable. You know, so we we can do our best to help 
um, drive change and facilitate change. But what I'm asking women and men in those businesses in the sector is to understand what those commitments are and look to see if your business is being held accountable to those commitments. And um, because they're all they're all achievable, actually. And um, I think the other thing is, if your mem- if your business isn't a member, um, certainly ask why. And I think what we're hearing, which is fantastic, is that you know those people coming out as graduates or going into graduate schemes, coming out of university or um, apprenticeships or whatever it might be, you know, are asking the question or being told at from speakers going out to the university saying, well, if your business or if a business you're looking at is not a member of Real Estate Balance, ask the question, why not? And is that somewhere you would want to work? And I think that's really important for businesses to see as well. Um, so I think there are, there are just multiple ways in which we can try and get commitment at the commitment level, mm. if that makes sense. It, it <laughs> sure does. And and I guess um, before we, before we um, round up the conversation, what would you, if you had sort of, you know, one key bit of advice to give to um, either an individual or a company about how they take the first step walking the talk, what would that be? Well, I would say uh, take uh, diversity um, as you do any other business issue. Treat it as a, as a business priority um, and then you'll start to see change. Hmm. Do you know, I think if you, if you don't, if you don't already know the benefits of diversity, understand the business case. So again, go to the toolkit. There are business case reports uh, across various countries and from various sources. Understand the business case and really start to ask yourself, what kind of a business do you want now and in the future? And is your business aligning itself to the change that has to happen for you to survive. And then I think, again, take it forward with making it a strategic priority. Um, That sounds easy, but uh, you might then ask how. Again, that's something that um, we'll be rolling out uh, at our flagship event on the 26th of March. Uh, We're doing a joint survey with PwC and we'll be launching action steps to try and take this strategic implementation forward and how that's done. Fantastic, because I think that is the key thing, isn't it? A lot of people say, oh, I want to do this, but I just don't know how, or I can't afford to do it, or I, you know, I don't have the resources available to me. But it, having um, organisations like your, like your own that are there to, you know, hold a hand and and boost someone yeah. up, and and I think you know it's important that we have people there as well to say that's not right. This is the way way to do it. You know, that doesn't have to be a negative. That can be very positive as well um and one last one last question is we come back here i hope before this but say we come back into this room in five years time we talk about um the industry where what that's going to be looking like and and what real estate balance is going to be doing what would we be talking about well we'd we'd be looking at a different profile for our industry um and real estate balance will have grown um enormously 
Um, Kayla will still be on board as managing director and leading us forward in the way she already had started to do um, to create a real noticeable change and it will be an industry we can all be proud of. In five years time I would like to look back at this podcast and actually think look how archaic our industry was and look where we've come to in a mere five years. Oh, 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 oh,